And they were super absurd. Like one year it was like, I used to eat a lot of French fries. And so one year it was like, I'm instead of eating French fries twice a day, I'm going to eat them twice a week. I'm going to take one, baby. talking about health from different perspectives. Uh, we have Kyle here, who is also running our board. We have Richard Reeves, our pastor, and we also have Brennan Steele, and we're going to learn more about him in a minute. But I just want to start off with this question of New Year's resolutions. It's January. We're a little bit further into January, um, and so I'm wondering if you've created any, <laughs> if you've fallen short with any since we're already a couple weeks in and just how you're viewing uh, basically this year when it comes to spiritual, mental, and physical health. Yeah, I mean, I'll start. Uh, this is Richard, and I, I think um, for me, and I, I really wonder about everybody else, but um, for me, the new year is not really the marker. The pandemic is the marker. Mm. <laughs> and we're still, <laughs> you know, that kind of shut us down last uh, February, March, and it's still going. And I think that's kind of the overwhelming uh, marker. And uh, and I think we all know it's not over. Um, you know, and I think, too, maybe we've learned that uh, a year is just a year. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we're... Uh, just all the trauma of the election and uh, insurrection and uh, what it took us six days to uh, realize 2021 <laughs> wasn't going to be uh, uh, the magical year. Uh, and um, so anyway, that's what I would say. No, I have not made, uh, I hadn't even felt the pressure to make yeah. a New Year's resolution, which is really strange. But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I don't typically make New Year's resolutions. I don't think I've done that since I was a child because um, I think they lasted for like a week. And then, yeah. and they were super absurd. Like one year it was like, I used to eat a lot of French fries. And so one year it was like, I'm instead of eating French fries twice a day, I'm going to eat them twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I was like, I don't do that anymore. Something I've started doing in the last couple of years is having intentions um, so just kind of like themes for the year, something I pray about in terms of maybe a, a word or, or a phrase that God has given me. Um, this year was a little different. Um, I think I did pray and, and try to see what God was saying. Um, and the word that I did get this year was trust, um, specifically like trusting in him and to open doors and uh, guide me through a lot of new things happening. Adrian didn't mention that I'm her fiance. I was trying to catch you before you answered because I thought Kyle's about to answer. But yeah, can yeah. you go ahead and introduce yourself? To <laughs> I think our he audience. just did. I think he just did. Yes, the most important thing is no. that I am Adriana Christmas's No, he is a member of Downtown Church. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? No, I'm also, uh, I'm an educator. I teach uh, middle school math at Believe Memphis Academy. Um, Outside of that, I'm also an author of Breathe, a guided healing journal for black men that I released in 2020 in the midst of COVID, racial unrest and everything. And so Mm. a lot of that is around uh, mental, spiritual health. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's why I don't think... Adriana just invited me because I'm her fiance. But, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, like I was saying, I think that a piece of that, like for me, 
in terms of intentions, uh, was like the trusting in God um, to, to guide us through a lot of new changes this year. Uh, but then also um, an intention that actually my counselor and I worked through was just kind of acceptance, um, accepting what I want for myself um, and not necessarily the pressure that I feel from other people to perform in a certain way. Uh, but outside of that, like I don't have any specific resolutions. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? Do you have any 2021 new me, all the things? <laughs> no. <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of don't love New Year's resolutions either. I sort of just struggle uh, with anything that I feel obligated or expected <laughs> to do. It's kind of like uh, uh, I heard someone say one time that the minute I put something on my calendar, it becomes like this, you know, huge ordeal in my mind and I right. don't want to do it even if it's something I'm excited about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've spent some years now in counseling as well and, 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 you know, doing other, uh, things to try to, to get mentally, spiritually, um, emotionally healthier and, I also try to uh, shed a bunch of self-imposed expectations and stuff like that, um, yeah. kind of in in those efforts. So I, I didn't set any New Year's uh, resolutions this year. My wife, however, is hugely into goal setting, mm. which uh, also bums me out, uh, but I need to do it, you know. Um, bums me out just because that's not how I operate but she pushes me to think in that way um, of kind of setting sort of yearly goals, you know, that remain flexible and stuff. But, you know, it's kind of a new way to dress up that idea of New Year's resolutions without it coming with the kind of cultural baggage of like, you know, I'm going to finally lose that 20 pounds or or whatever. And then I don't, and then I feel bad about myself. And then I start you know, that kind of downward spiral. So, mm. no, I did not set any New Year's resolutions. I do have some goals, but, um, but yeah. What about you? Yeah, I definitely did not set any <laughs> New Year's resolutions. I was like, okay, we made it next year. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Like Richard said on the 6th, it was like, oh, okay, y'all, y'all are still crazy. Okay, y'all are still crazy. Um, so I do have goals, though, and actually Brennan pushed me to do some goals before 2020 mm-hmm. um, when we, like, were first actually <laughs> deciding that, yes, we are dating. For all the members of Downtown Church, y'all, I know you guys saw it before we did. <laughs> yeah, anyway. we did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I have those goals, and it was good to, like, go back to those goals and kind of think about the past year and some of the ones that, like, I have – been doing over the last year, even the midst of COVID and some others that were like, oh, that was cute that I thought I was going to be able to do that in 2020 and then mm. COVID hit, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the goals track, but not not so much the resolutions track at all. I don't really, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, oh, I'm going to lose this this weight and then I don't lose the weight and I'll look up, it's like September. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I gained weight, whatever. So, um, But yeah. to Richard's point, isn't it crazy that it's been almost a year? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel, I mean, obviously this past year has been horrible for many reasons. Uh, and one of those being that a lot of people have gotten very sick and a lot, a lot mm. of people have died. Yep. Um, 
however, or kind of on the other side of that, uh, hopefully I think, um, for those that maybe haven't had to deal with that personally, um, I think that this year has, uh, I can only speak for myself. It's taught me so much about Mm -hmm. even just like the, 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 the idea of what is a year yeah and yeah um, yeah how you how you understand your relationship to time but to other people to work i mean all of this all of these kind of foundational parts of our lives have been sort of torn up and reshaped Mm -hmm. in ways that are kind of scary but also you know maybe good to some degree yeah yeah so with that you guys all mentioned i think therapy at some point Mm -hmm. so let's go ahead and go to the mental health side of things so we want to talk about health from different perspectives so with the year that we've just had, with everything that's going on, how are you taking care of your mental health? What is like very important? I don't even want to say routine because it's hard to have a routine right now, but um, what are you doing to, to take care of yourself um, mentally? Yeah, um, you know, I look at it as um, uh, I used to really be against counseling. Uh, I used to judge those Christians that needed counseling. <laughs> I'm going to just throw it out there. Uh, but I have definitely thrown that out the window uh, for the last numerous years. Um, and I think the pandemic, and, and so I really see that God has made us money, uh, uh, mind, body, soul. Yeah. And yeah. counseling is a piece of it in a big way as is exercise as obviously as the spiritual life of cultivating and being with God and being in his presence and feeding on him. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I'm an Enneagram three, uh, we need to do an Enneagram podcast one day, but, uh, <laughs> but my, Michael. <laughs> oh man, that's right. Minus sans Michael. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so achievement is really my, the inner thing that drives me. And, uh, last February, that whole concept just kind of stopped. So mm-hmm. I can't achieve anything right now. I can't, I can't even meet with people. You know, it's like, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, we're doing virtual church, preaching to a camera. And so it's really exposed a lot in me. And uh, a lot of the things I really depend on and um, even, to be honest with you, kind of self-medicate with, you know, activity and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. just kind of drawn back. And even good things. I mean, I think the good things in life, yeah. uh, you do that. And so, so yeah, um, it's given me a real time of reflection and real hard work with a counselor uh, of really getting to the root of some things in my life that, um, that God's really uncovered. Uh, I'm like, God, I'm 56. When are we going to stop all this uncovering stuff? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can we stop now? Because he says, no, I love you too much. So, uh, so we got to go deeper. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm very grateful um, just for what he's exposing in me and, um, and, and leading me forward, I think, in some healing and seeing things that have really uh, impacted me. And I hope my relationships and the way I function in life uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah, I think I have um, maybe two major things. Uh, one is it's therapy. Um, I think that I get to a point where I want to be like, oh, I don't need to go as much or I don't need to continue to have uh, all these conversations. But every time like we uncover something deeper um, mm-hmm. that I thought we had already figured out. <laughs> right. Um, and But I just think that was like even like in the virtual setting uh, was very 
has been very helpful and very uh, significant in, in kind of nourishing my mental health. Um, the other piece is uh, something I have had to learn over time, uh, but just uh, boundaries, like having boundaries around mm. uh, work, having boundaries around how involved I get in other people's <laughs> issues sometimes. Mm. And like for me specifically with work, like uh, being a teacher is demanding. Uh, being a teacher at my school is demand really demanding. <laughs> um, and yeah. I have to say like eight to five. Okay, y'all got me. But after that, five o'clock, computer stays at work. I close it down and I go home. Like I don't, I don't spend time outside of school doing work with the exception of a couple hours like on Sunday, um, getting ready for the week. But I think that has been huge in kind of helping me like maintain my mental health is just boundaries at work and in other places in my life as well. Mm. Let me say this real quick. Um, I'll go back to a statement I made about counseling and, um, this is what I think is so good about counseling is, and what I've learned, um, you know, is you can't repent alone and you can't, uh, heal alone. Mm -hmm. And so you need people in your life. And, you know, and that's how I look at counseling is I need, I need somebody else to help me lead me into that direction of the brokenness and help me see yeah. it and also help me see why, um, you know, cause my brokenness is rooted in, you know, parental brokenness and family brokenness and, um, and so it, there's nothing more spiritual. I mean, there's much, in mm -hmm. my opinion, um, mm -hmm. than, than that. And helping lead forward in how Christ makes you whole. You got to know how you're broken before mm -hmm. you, you can work toward fixing it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How about you, Kyle? Anything to add with mental health and how you're, you're taking care of that in this crazy time? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of only echo what's already been said. I mean, boundaries is huge. I've, I've also been sort of working on that myself. Uh, it's hard for me because I'm, I'm self-employed, and I also have a lot of side stuff that I do, you know, passion projects and things. And um, being self-employed, to, to turn that off is really difficult. And I'm freelance, and so it's like some months are good and some months are scary and we don't necessarily know when I might get paid for a certain project or whatever. So, mm. uh, the mental strain of that can be, uh, difficult. Mm. Um, but I've found that boundary setting is really helpful. Uh, just like, okay, I don't have to think about that right now. I can think about that tomorrow. Like yeah. the world's not going to end. Yeah. Um, uh, because, because it, it keeps me from being, being present um, mm -hmm. yeah. all the time. If in the back of my mind, I'm like right. thinking about this, that or the other, uh, yeah. And, and counseling, I mean, I've, I've done, I, I really, uh, have not loved doing virtual counseling. Um, but I've done it in COVID, uh, and it, it's still insanely helpful. Um, so, so yeah. And then for me, exercise is another thing that mm. a little over a year ago, I really committed to running and, um, that's been like such a godsend, especially in COVID. Yeah. Like, and, and I feel very fortunate that I live in a part of Memphis where I can just like go for a run, get on the green line and keep going and then yeah. get back to the house. Um, you know, so just to take that hour, hour and a half sometimes, you know, to just get outside, mm -hmm. uh, because I, 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 I wouldn't do that naturally. Like I had to change that. 
uh, habit or, um, you know, or that whatever in me didn't as a kid in Mississippi, you know, eating potato chips and (laughs) playing video games, like whatever I didn't learn how to do, you know, I had to teach myself in adulthood, like about exercise and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I can't imagine, you know, my, my life without it. And I can tell when I, when I go like a few weeks, things are busy, whatever. Uh, and I'm not exercising, man, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell in my mind more than anything. Yeah. Um, totally. So that, that's been something that's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely echo everything with therapy. Um, I was going to therapy, I think like once a month and then the pandemic hit and I was like, yeah, I need to see you a little bit more often than once a month because this anxiety. Can is. I move in? Yeah. <laughs> I just need a cot right there that's and right. I'll be okay. That's right. Um, and yeah, like Kyle, you're talking about the, the exercising and I, I, I'm thinking about how like especially when it first happened and we had to really, really stay home. It was like, I need to do some kind of physical activity or I'm going to go crazy. And I live in a one bedroom apartment. I need to go outside and get some sun. (laughs) That old thing and going on walks. Um, But it also makes me think about, uh, for my mental health, definitely therapy. Another thing I do is meditation. Mm. Um, And it is Christian uh, meditation for the most part. Um, we talked about Lectio Divina earlier that Richard did not want to name, but that's what he does, y'all, just so uh, y'all know. There we go. On his Sabbath, he starts his day with Lectio Divina. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, basically, and in, in very, like, I'm, I'm shortening a lot of things right now, but basically you are taking a, a passage from Scripture, you read it a few times, you, you ask the Lord, like, okay, what, what, is, what is the Lord saying to me right now? And a lot, a lot of times you will zero in on a phrase or a word and you'll just meditate that and kind of just chew on that for a while. And then you respond in prayer. Um, but yeah, meditation has been really, really big for me. And I think that you can even meditate like on a walk, on a run. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's one thing um, for Christians, you may say like, okay, like this whole like where where does exercise fit in and I'm going to answer it a little bit, but I really want to hear from you all because you already brought it up with like how you go for a run and how you feel like that effect in your mind even. Um, like how, how does health, how does physical health play into the way we honor God? Wow. Um, because I think sometimes it's like they're pitted against each other. Like the world is so worried about appearance, appearance, right. appearance and diet right. and all that kind of stuff, diet culture, all the things. And then over here, but no, I'm just going to read my Bible. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't have right. to be that way. It's, it's not, that's a false dichotomy. So, um, like, how do you guys see your physical health and like stewardship of your physical health? How do you see that playing into like your spiritual health and how you are honoring God? Yeah, man, they are so deeply connected. Um, and you know, I, it's funny. One of the things I've learned, I mean, I've always, I've been, I remember my first jog, it was with my brother. I was in the seventh grade. He was training for a marathon. He was seven years older. And I'm like, you're going running? Okay, well, I'll go. And I mean, I don't know how many miles he went, but I think I probably went three or four, you know, as a little kid. And and so I've been running since then, but I've realized that running, um, and we don't have time to get into attachment issues and all of that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> which I have. But, we all do. We yeah, all yeah. do. But running is the way that I have regulated myself. That's what I've realized. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why literally I will tell my wife, tell, 
I have to go run. You know, I mean, I have to get out of here and I have to go run. And I've never really understood it like I have over the last 12 months. Um, just this whole reality that it is, you know, and even spiritually, I walk, I, I used to run uh, back before I preached on my iPad. I would take my written manuscript and run on Sunday mornings or Saturdays or both. Uh, now I walk with my iPad early Sunday mornings um, when the weather permits. And even that, you know, and I remember one morning recently walking by the river and um, thinking about the whole concept and preaching about the whole concept of the glory of God and how creation magnifies, you know, screams his glory. And that reality, just being out in nature, walking, you know, in a good clip, and just, I, I just started worshiping right there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how God made us is, you know, we are connected. We are complex beings and you can't separate mind from will, from emotions, from physical, you know, it's all deeply connected. Um, and so, yeah, so over COVID, I probably used it too much. I started riding my bike and running and playing tennis and, you know, doing way too much, but, uh, uh, I was regulating a lot, uh, <laughs> but they're deeply connected, and uh, yeah, I can tell a huge difference if I go one or two days without exercising. I'm, yeah, it, it's it doesn't matter how much I'm praying, you know. It's it's yeah, it gets bad. So yeah, I definitely agree. I um, I'm not a runner. I don't do cardio. <laughs> but really? I, uh, I don't. What I don't. do you do, man? I do. I'm. I'm. Str- I do strength and okay. lifting and, right. and weight training and stuff. Yeah. Um, and my dad gave me a very fast metabolism. So uh, uh, <laughs> praise uh, God for that. So the French fries didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he still eats plenty, y'all. Oh <laughs> man. But I think um, the thing with that, though, is that you're talking about this, um, like, kind of how the world is kind of all about appearance. And I think specifically with, like, weight training, like, there's a tendency to be, Mm. like, over uh, concerned with, like, the vanity piece of it and wanting your muscles to look a certain way and all that. I've definitely fallen into that. Right. Um, a lot of like the body image pieces of that. Um, But I think about the, the this interconnectedness between spiritual and like your physical health and how like even like on the flip side of it, like the spiritual, like that spiritual health kind of liberates the physical in a way. Mm. So like I can look at the way that God sees me. Um, and if I'm like, uh, like doing like the meditation or like having time with God, like I can see that he still sees me as his masterpiece, no matter mm. how I look. And so Amen. I can do Amen. the physical health and only be doing it cause so I can stay healthy Right, and when those thoughts of vanity or doubting myself of not making any goals or whatever come, like I can kind of, uh, uh, kind of counteract that with what I know God says about me. Yeah, I'm on the tail end of that. So I used to run cross country in high school. You know, I do uh, three miles and seventeen minutes. And uh, I'm doing it now in like 27, 28, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and I've had to, you know, just become okay with that. Yeah. You know, God, yeah. I just thank you that I can still do it. The right. needs still right. work. And so, uh, yeah, it's all interconnected. So. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear more about your book and, um, yeah, me too. And some of that stuff. We've got you here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where to start. Um, I, I talk, I guess I'll start with where, where it came from. Um, so Last summer, um, probably, I guess, so you had 
June hit, and I think that everything had happened in the world. So yeah, mm. we were all like still under like quarantine and and kind of coming out, but still like staying at home. Yeah. And then you also had the murders of George Floyd, Amal Arbery, mm. Brian Taylor, several others throughout the summer. Mm. Um, and I, I found my like just kind of like mental, emotional state kind of all out of place. Like I had been going to counseling and I, I had a couple of tools to deal with it, but it was just super overwhelming. Like you don't deal with all of that. That's our, that's not normal for humans to deal with all of that at one time. Right, right. Um, and so I think I got into um, a place where I was just like, if I am struggling and I feel like I've done a little bit of the work, like how many other of my brothers are struggling with this and mm. haven't done any of the work um, on their own? And honestly, man, I feel like um, the Holy Spirit, one morning I got up to go to the bathroom and couldn't go back to sleep. And I feel like he, the Holy Spirit like downloaded the whole journal into me um, wow. one morning and had to write it out on my phone before I could go, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> and then from there, like was able to, over the course of the rest of the summer, was able to write it out. But essentially the goal behind it is to um, allow like black men specifically to, to kind of reclaim their story. Um, mm. so like in a society where like the, you, so many black men end up as hashtags and the narrative is controlled by the media, by our stereotypes and, and other, um, images that we place on black men. Um, and then also like, uh, understanding how their identity as a black man has affected them. And then lastly is actually, um, their emotional intelligence. So understanding emotions and tapping into that. Mm. So that looks like every day they have like there's like a 45 day journey. Um, every day you have to tell like circle how you feel and explain why. And I feel like that is such a huge piece of our, like our mental <laughs> and emotional health because yeah. I think naming your emotion just gives you so much more like freedom and so much more clarity and allows you to know where to go from actually naming it. And, um, and then after that, it's just different themes that, uh, connect to those three over, overarching themes that they kind of work through. Um, it's been really a blessing to see how it's been touching touching men across the country right now, even across the world. I think we just saw somebody, some people were buying it in Canada, so wow. <laughs> and, and the right. UK. So it's been really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like with the whole mental health piece, um, specifically with everything that happened this summer and all those things. Um, when it comes to the journal, like I know that you're you're doing the forty five day journal mm-hmm. um, or the journey. At the end, they write their story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did that work for you? Like before you went into counseling, is that something that you did where you were journaling, or was it just a thing like, well, how does journaling fit into right. mental health with? Yeah, yeah. So I thought you were gonna ask if I was doing all the deep stuff. I was like, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I know. <laughs> but I, I was journaling. Um, yeah. I think um, I think journaling is is just a super powerful tool in just kind of similar to naming your emotion, just getting your thoughts out on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, like sometimes I just sometimes when I'm going to sleep and like my brain is racing, like it helps just to write it out. And it's like, even if it's like something I need to do, like, or something I want to think about more, I write out the thoughts I'm having now. Then my brain was like, okay, I know where it goes. Mm-hmm. I know I can mm-hmm. come back to this later mm-hmm. and I get a little bit of peace. Um, but I think even, I think about the journaling as a, as a form of expression um, and like the amount of things that we carry. Um, and so just like putting it somewhere else allows it to come off a little bit. It might mm-hmm. not, you might still have the responsibility of it, but you're not carrying all of the emotions and all of the like 
uh, just heaviness that comes with it because it's not just sitting in your head and just swirling yeah. around. Right. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, I, ha- I put it somewhere else and so that I can leave it there for now mm-hmm. and revisit when I'm ready. So I think that's kind of the idea behind journaling for me mm. and what I wanted to kind of communicate in the journal as well. Cool. So yeah, so we've talked about the physical health. We've talked about um, the mental health. Let's stay here for a little bit. So what would you say to somebody that's just like, I don't need to journal. I don't need to go to to therapy. I just need to pray. (laughs) Or somebody that would say, you don't need these things. You just need to have more. What would you say to, because I I feel like that's still being said in some some Christian circles where it's just like, yeah, you don't, you know. I don't know why you're telling them your business or just mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Like, what would you say to somebody and how those things aren't necessarily like they, they don't have to be pitted against each other? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say I'd, I'd ask them the Dr. Phil question. How's that working for you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but seriously, I, w- I, w- I think it's such a reductionistic way of looking at life. And I think it's really avoiding um the complexity of, of who God has made us to be and why do we have emotions? Why do we have, um, you know, why do we respond to trauma the way we do? Why are we the way we are today? And, you know, so I think, um, you know, God made all of us. And so, yeah, you need to pray, but, um, you know, but, but what are you praying about? Are you really giving him your heart? I mean, it's really through counseling that, as I said in our staff meeting this morning, that, I've, I've begun to realize that I don't just shut off emotionally, you know, to others around me, but I shut off emotionally to God. Mm-hmm. And the greatest mm-hmm. commandment is love God with all your heart, yeah. mind, wow. soul, wow. and strength. Wow. Yeah. And so if it wasn't through this counseling that, and, and really understanding emotional health and trauma and, you mm-hmm. know, the resulting um, impact... Um, I would not be able to spiritually understand the reality that, hey, I, if I'm treating God like that, mm. oh, I'm, I'm really messed up, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. but this is how, and so I can open my heart to God, and, uh, and this is why I haven't been. So, so, yeah, I would just say it's just a really reductionistic, simplistic way um, of, of looking at us that is very unhelpful and really does not benefit you to to push um you know counseling or um you know other tools that god gives us away mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how about you kyle do you have any thoughts on that um come back to me Okay. <laughs> well, I, I have one thought I want to join. It's it's so interesting being like the host, but also answering questions. I think that like God has given us so many tools, like you said. So thinking about like if you have a heart condition, you go see a doctor, right? right? And so it's like nobody's like, you know, if you're if you have a heart attack, nobody says don't go to the hospital. Let me right. just pray and lay right, hands on right. you know. And so it's just like God has gifted those doctors and, and given us all this, the, the knowledge that we, we need That's you know, right. to treat those conditions. And I see therapy as the same thing. Like yep. God has given us these amazing people who have studied and learned more about our brain and our emotions and the chemistry, like just the, 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 chem, the chemical side of everything that, yeah, I just, it makes sense to go to somebody to try to balance those things out. Right. And I don't think that we should um, 
shy away from a tool that God has given us. Um, As long as it's ordered correctly, if we're seeing that, okay, this therapist is able to help me because God is empowering them to help me. That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. I think just like with journaling, like we have the ability to write, Right. (laughs) you know, God has given us this ability. Um, And I'm the same way when it comes to like my emotional health, it's good for me to write it out or say it, verbally say it to somebody who is trained to point out those holes or say, okay, well, what, where is that coming from? Did your mom say that to you? Did your dad, you know, like Mm, all of that, it makes my prayers more specific because I see where my brokenness is. Um, And so, yeah, I think, I definitely think it's time for the church to embrace therapists and counselors. Um, And I I think the more Christian therapists and counselors we have in the industry, the better, you know? That's right. Um, So, yeah, that's my thought on that. Yeah, no, I think the only thing, two things I'll add. One is that, like, I I honestly see my counselor as God's megaphone. Um, Mm. And so, like, he'll say stuff to me. I'm like, and he wouldn't even know that I was thinking about it before. Like, and it's like, dang, God, you even here? Like, (laughs) so I I definitely see it interconnected. And I also think about, like, this point of what you said around having more Christian counselors. I think we undersell the amount that, like, having counselors that are Christian, even if they don't like specifically counsel from a Christian perspective, like is kind of doing what we are supposed to be doing as a church too, in terms of like spreading the gospel and and, and making disciples because counselors are then able to meet the culture where it is and then kind of be that light in a way. Um, For instance, I know my, my, my counselor is a Christian. He like is like an elder at one of the churches in Memphis but he doesn't counsel from a Christian perspective specifically, but everything mm-hmm. that he says is like, sounds like God. Right. <laughs> and so like yeah, to right. like see like how like a counselor can, can kind of be a conduit for God's transformation. Um, and like when a person sees like their brokenness in counseling, like they're going to like, I need something greater. Like mm-hmm. this is not, there's something that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, then that hopefully it's like, can be a place where they are then pointed to God and, and pointed to, the saving power of Jesus. So, mm. yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, uh, was, I was thinking about, um, my first kind of bout of counseling that I did some years ago now. Uh, and I went to this counselor kind of because of a specific situation. Uh, and, it was sort of in our second or third meeting. So at the, in the first meeting, you know, we kind of talked about why exactly I had reached out to him, why I was there. And he had me, uh, he had me list some goals and some things that I wanted to talk about and address in that meeting. Um, and then in the second or third meeting, you know, it was very intense. We were kind of going over the specifics of the situation and some things with my childhood and, and other issues that I, you know, had come to him with. And at the end of that meeting, he said, you know, last time you were here, we, we wrote these things down on this piece of paper, and, and, and one day we'll look at that again. But I just, I want you to know that uh, I believe that it's okay to get better, mm-hmm. and I believe uh, that it's okay to heal. Mm-hmm. And um, I still think about that a lot, and you know, I could have heard that in a sermon. I could have read that in a scripture. I, somebody could have told me that. Uh, but it was in that environment right. uh, where I felt safe mm. um, and where 
I had opened myself up to receive that kind of word, um, that I allowed myself to believe that that was true. And I realized in that moment and still remind myself that, uh, I was imposing on myself a belief that I could never be okay. Like Mm. I could never heal from this, that, or the other, and that I was just going to carry it forever. And it was always going to, to, you know, be causing me pain and, and, and stuff. Um, and so to me, that kind of, in my experience is what counseling can do. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it can show you things that you might hear or see in lots of other places, but for whatever reason, sometimes in that environment, you're going to hear the exact thing that you need to hear that you had no clue you needed to hear. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I might've prayed for the rest of my life and never gone to counseling and never received right. that message mm-hmm. because right. of the alchemy of that situation and hearing yeah. it from a professional that I respected or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's good. So anyway, yeah, no, I, man, yeah, it's like that, that you, that was a stronghold. Like that was a stronghold and it was just broken That's right. <laughs> in therapy. And I, I'm thinking about like some Amen. of my therapy sessions, yeah. like, yeah, like I didn't even know I had that belief. Right. And then it's like, wait a minute, if I let go of that belief, how do I live my life now? It's a whole new world. Yeah, yeah, so I know we're a little bit over time. That's so funny. So when we sat down, I was like, oh, it'll just be, you know, really quick. Um, But I do want to get to what are your spiritual rhythms? So we've talked Mm. about some of the mental health. We've talked about some of the physical health and how it all plays together. What are some of your spiritual rhythms for the week? Let's see. Um, you know, I mean, every year I, I start the Psalms again, um, just because I think it, they encompass everything. Um, you know, it's easy, every emotion, every, everything. So, uh, I work through the Psalms. I try to do it really slow. Uh, I listen to them. Um, and, uh, morning is my time to do that. That's my quiet time to really just be alone. Uh, coffee and Jesus, uh, <laughs> in the Psalms and, uh, and that really just sets my tone throughout the day. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the real rhythm. And I try to do that. I mean, I, obviously I'm writing sermons a lot, and I try to isolate that from just walk with God um, and hearing from God. And um, But, hey, you know, I'll say as a pastor, it's still a struggle. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's hard. Uh, and there's some mornings that, you know, I can get distracted by the news of the day or whatever and uh so it, it's a struggle and a battle but um but that's my rhythm is start the day in the psalms and and move out from there yeah i think uh the mornings are also my time as well i, I wake up early <laughs> probably about five five thirty um and try to read um read some scripture and, and kind of meditate on it and then then I go to the gym usually before work. And then a thing that I do on the way back um, from working into when I'm getting ready is I do a prayer of surrender. Um, and so I try mm. to do that almost every day um, just to kind of get my mind right um, and uh, kind of set the tone for the day. Um, outside of those routines, I try to really invest in like a godly community. It's definitely harder in COVID, <laughs> but... Uh, even if that means like calling a couple of my brothers in Christ throughout the week and just like giving them an update and 
all of my all of my friends are going to be really straight with me and say, mm. "Are you good?" Like, and are you really good? And if I don't give them a good enough answer, they're going to go even more specific <laughs> until I give them the answer that they that they know that I need to give them. And so, mm. um, I think those are kind yeah. of my my spiritual things that I do throughout the week. Um, sorry, my headphones are echoing really bad. Uh, so every time I talk, I need to take them off. I, I'm still working on this part of my life. Uh, I, I grew up where you went to church on Sunday and Wednesday night, and maybe you went to youth group events or whatever, but that was when you sort of Mm -hmm. engaged spiritually and the rest of your life sort of was disengaged spiritually. Um, so that stuff wasn't instilled in me and I've, struggled in adulthood to make that like a good weekly uh, rhythm or habit. Um, you know, I have a group that I'm accountable to and, and I think that's a great spiritual practice that Brennan was talking about with having, you know, uh, folks to call, get together with, um, you know, and that is something that I do. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm still working on it. That's the best kind of answer (laughs) I've got. Yeah, I think yeah. that's my answer too. It's funny that you're going. I forgot you go through the Psalms every year. I started going through the Psalms again because I found myself like pressing snooze. Morning should be my time, or is, I shouldn't say should. My therapist told me not to say should. <laughs> <laughs> but mornings are normally the best time for me to do devotionals, and I found myself just pressing snooze. You know, with COVID nineteen and quarantine and not being able to do what I want to do, kind of just feeling like aimless, just all the things. And so I was like, let me start journaling through the Psalms again. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. And I use like this method. It's soak. So it's S, your scripture, O, observation, A, your application. And then the K is like kneeling in prayer. Mm. Um, so I'm journaling through that. And it helps me a lot to write things out because I'm very, very quick to summarize whatever I read. And so I can read something. I can't tell you verbatim, but I can tell you the summary. And I don't want to do that with scripture. Mm, <laughs> um, and so writing it out really, really helps me. I'm not writing out the whole psalm, but I'll write out. It's kind of like the old Divina, I guess, in yeah. journal form. Um, but I'll, I'll write out what's, what's speaking to me in that moment. How am I going to apply this? And let me just pray on it to God. Um, so that's that's been my r- rhythm for the last week, y'all. So that's why I say I'm still there working on it, too. And I'm learning, like, Brennan, you said something earlier about how when I can spend time with God and realize that I'm accepted and loved um, from him and that his grace (laughs) is is what's carrying me. Then I go work out and I'm in a much better place when it comes to working out because I do think um, I have definitely fallen prey to like more of the world side of like appearance, appearance when it comes to physical health specifically. Like, let me get to this uh, weight. Let me get to this measurement. Let me get to whatever. And so it's like when I have my time with God first before I work out, it's like, okay, I'm already accepted and loved. I'm beautifully made, all the things, yep. right? Okay, yep. now I can work out as like stewardship of the body that God right. has given me, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Like this is the way I can take care of what he's given me. That's right. But I don't have to be a certain number on the scale. Yep. Um, so that's how I've been seeing. And mm. sometimes I will meditate um, in the mornings, but meditation for me actually works better at night because it really, really gets me into a good place to go to sleep. And I think that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are at the end of our time. I just want to thank you all so much for just sharing your hearts and, you know, we're all working at it. Uh, I hope if you're listening, I hope you realize like this is a journey (laughs) and, um, give yourself grace 
yeah. we're all figuring it out if you have any questions again feel free to email us um it's all of our well except for brennan it's our names at downtownchurch.com uh you can also email media at downtownchurch.com if you want to do that anonymously and thank you so much for listening